Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Bring in Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. Greg, what's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. Thanks for having me on this morning. Man, let's get right to this, man. What the can you first of all, let me can you explain something to me? Because you'll you be asking these guys questions. I've been noticing this for about a year and a half. What? What is why does Darius Garland sometimes take an inbound pass in the middle of a game, not fourth quarter, and just let the ball roll, tempting like a defender in front of him to come guard him and he picks it up right? Why does he do that? The the short answer is I don't know. Um, the long answer is he's not the only one that does this. Uh, John Morant does this a lot. Um, I don't know if it's just a I'm going to mess with the defense kind of thing. I don't know if it's a I'm just going to have this little time to reset to think about what I'm going to do kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of a strange quirk for him. But the, the way he scored the ball last night, I, I can't complain too much with uh, with Darius's play lately. Um, well, well here's, what, here's where I will give you this. Are you concerned the fact that he had 33 points and only a couple assists? You know what we call that? We call that a Kyrie game. <laughs> yes, we talk about that, right? We call that a Kyrie game because that's 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 what he was always under the microscope for, was he'd have 30 points and, like, one assist. Yeah, I mean, like, ideally you'd rather see Darius with, you know, like a 20-piece and, and eight assists or something like that. Um, obviously, they, they weren't getting the offensive game that they needed out of Donovan Mitchell last night. Uh, Mobley was not putting up back-to-back uh, big games like we saw him against Denver the other night. So I think Darius probably felt like, okay, um, you know, Mitchell finished the game 6 of 17 overall, 2 of 10 from deep. Uh, probably Darius felt like, okay, this is the time where I need to maybe maybe score a little bit more. Um, and I think I think he is not hurt, but I think he is disappointed that he didn't make the All-Star game, especially when he had numbers very similar to last year. Obviously, you know, the Cavs' record did not – I mean, it's good, but it's not like they had a number one seed in the Eastern Conference and they deserved to have two or three All-Stars. I mean, that they, they had a record that probably deserved one. And Donovan Mitchell has been the better player this year. So I think, I think we're going to see a lot of big scoring outbursts uh, like that from, from Darius over the, the course of the regular season to remind everybody that, hey, I'm an all-star talent too. Is, is that problematic? Um, because here's the thing. I, you know, in the beginning of the season, we, they talked about how they would mesh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Carlin. You talked about, okay, we, we have no problem, you know, sharing the ball. You know, it is what it is. Like we were playing, you know, we were playing – um, in, in rhythm with, with one another. But now, you, you, when you hear that, you say, okay, um, 
that may be an issue if you don't know in crunch time who's supposed to get the ball, who's not supposed to get the ball. And is he in a position – I mean, we know he's a, a good player. We know he's an all-star caliber player. Is it, is it a problem that he's trying to prove that to people – and it may come at the detriment of ball flow, ball rotation, and, and you know, guys getting touches. Yeah, I had such high hopes for this, um, the backcourt, especially at the beginning of the year. I know we saw, like, the Boston game that went into overtime. The, just their ability to close out games. Um, because if you look at playing, like, clutch time, that's so important. I know the, the Phoenix Suns, when they won 64 games last year, they were one of the best in the league. They were setting all kinds of records. And, and you know, they weren't – that much better than a lot of the other top teams, but their ability to just close out games because they had, okay, they had their alpha and Devin Booker, they had their table setter and Chris Paul. And it's kind of like, you know, everybody just knew their roles. And I still think this is a team that's still evolving into their roles where Darius has, obviously he's proven to be a number one offensive option. Donovan has been a number one offensive option since the day he stepped on an NBA court in Utah. So I think there's still a lot of trying to figure that out. And then, you know, Donovan had some comments after the Denver game about, hey, look, we got it's on me to get Evan Mobley involved in this as well because he had such a big game against Denver. But, you know, you see down the stretch, he wasn't touching the ball nearly as much as he was um, in the first three quarters. So he's a guy that, again, I'm not saying he's on the offensive level of a Darius Garland or a Donovan Mitchell because he's not, and he may never be. We'll see. But um, that's a guy that you have to keep – in the rotation um, and, and getting touches at the end of games as well. So uh, 19 games left. Uh, again, this is their first season together. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely still a work in progress, especially at the end of close games. Um, let me ask you this. I, You know, I, I've been watching the games, and, and just for, for me, you know, I, I've been looking around and scrounging around and, you know, just looking at other sets that other teams run, right? Like, it just seems like, the Cavs don't run many defined sets. Like, you know, backside, I don't see very much action. I don't see any, like, pinned down. I don't see people come running off double screens, staggered screen. I don't really see these types of plays. And when you watch other teams and you kind of watch them, and, you know, obviously you, Golden State moves the ball a, a ton. Um, there's a lot of other teams that are, that are moving the ball. <clears throat> Does it seem like the Cavs are too – you know, they're, they're, they're too dependent on pick and, high pick and roll. Like, and I noticed that just to play, everybody runs. Everybody runs pick and rolls. And they probably should, people will say everyone runs them a little too much. But do you think that they need a, a, some more set offense so that when it does come to crunch time, that they have other options besides the defense looking at them at the top of the key? Yeah, yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. Um, and the reason they run so many high pick and rolls is if you look at the advanced stats with Darius and Donovan, they're really good at it. I mean, their their points per possession numbers are among some of the best in the league, especially Donovan, and he's been like that for years um, when you put him in the pick-and-roll setting. Um, so I think they're just trying to capitalize on, well, look, we have some of the best guys in the league. I know Donovan's not a true point guard, but you can you can use him in that role. Um, we've seen him have playoff success with it. We've seen him have regular season success with that. So I think it's just them kind of capitalizing on what they have. Um, the other thing is, you know, this roster has kind of fluctuated throughout the year. You know, we went the first couple months without Ricky Rubio. Uh, Kevin Love obviously went from a, a big part of the rotation and now he's not even on the team anymore. Um, last year or last night, you have Lamar Stevens playing 26 minutes to Dean Wade's eight. 
Um, there just hasn't been a lot of consistency. I, I think, you know, finally it seems like they found a starting lineup they like with Isaac Coro at small forward. Um, but we obviously saw a lot of guys in and out of that position throughout the year. Um, I, I just, I'd really like to see, especially as the schedule gets soft. Um, I know I, we got a couple, <laughs> we got a couple tough matchups here in the next two weeks or so. But after that, the schedule is just super easy to close out the rest of the regular season. So I think that's the time where you really got to say, okay, before the playoffs, let's get a little bit more creative with this offense. Let's kind of nail down our rotation, especially, you know, the trade deadline's over. Uh, Kevin Love's out. Danny Green's in. You know, we, we've got a, kind of a different-looking um, rotation than the rest of the year. Let's really nail down who we want our, our top eight, nine, ten guys to be and then hopefully have more of a uh, – uh, a beautiful offense, a more conducive offense heading into the postseason. Um, talking to Greg Schwartz uh, of the Bleacher Report on the North Road, say Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned Isaac Kokoro. Um, is it is it is, is this what we're going to get? Like you just have to be comfortable that he's going to sometimes not make baskets, you know, not threes, and he's some days he's going to have maybe nine, ten points, and you'll take that off transition. And in some games, he's going to have two and miss, go 0 for 4 from corner threes. Is that something that we're just going to have to continue um, to, you know, deal with, to learn to deal with? Yeah, I mean, Isaac Carl's never going to be this big-time offensive option. I know he had like 20 points. Um, he, had a couple, he had three straight games and double figures like a week, couple weeks ago. But, I mean, yeah, he's never going to be – a reliable offensive option for you. I, I think we know that. Um, I'll say this over his last 19 games, he's averaging eight points, but he's doing it on 53% shooting from the field, 40% overall from three. I mean, those are good numbers. I know he's not shooting a ton. He's only shooting about three, three pointers a game, which is a nothing. But if you can at least get him to be hit his open shots, because defenses still don't guard him the way that they, they would if we had, you know, a, a Dean Wade or a, a better shooter at the three. Um, and I think that hurts you on some nights because if you have a game like last night where you have a Donovan Mitchell who only makes six of his 17 shots, you're not going to have a guy like Isaac suddenly explode for 25. Whereas last year when you're Laurie Markin at the three, you know, obviously he wasn't the offensive option that he is now in Utah, but every once in a while he would just give you, you know, he'd hit yeah. five or six three-pointers and he'd give you that big game. And I think that's kind of what they're lacking now. And, you know, if you had a guy like Harris in the starting lineup that, Maybe he could give that to you. Um, Dean Wade's a guy that he could get hot and do that. Kevin Love was a guy at the beginning of the season that could do that, especially against the Knicks when he hit like eight three-pointers. Um, Isaac's not going to give that to you. But, again, when you watch the game last night, that's the guy that they want to use on Trey Young. That's the guy that they're putting on the number one offensive option. So it's a give and take because if you had a guy like uh, a Dean Wade, a better shooter, a guy that you know could explode for 20 points, he's not going to play lockdown defense on these elite guards. Uh, in the East or West. So I think it's a give and take. But, yeah, uh, if if you're expecting more than, you know, eight points per game from Isaac Okoro, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. I, sometimes, and, and I think that, that when you look at it and then you look at the the, the scores, uh, you know, the box score, and you got, you know, Trey Young, and he's still getting his 30. Uh, DeJounte Murray still got his. And then Okoro's not giving you those points. It's just one of those things where you just like this is to give and take. But here's the thing. We've already known that. We've known what the Cavs' deficiencies are when it comes to their, you know, the three positioning guys coming off the bench. Um, 
when you look at, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this earlier about Evan Mobley, right? He has 31, does not get the ball uh, in the fourth quarter against the Nuggets. Um, I've always said to that I, I think they should work more inside and out. Um, I think that, you know, Evan Mobley is a serviceable to, to good passer to be a big guy. Um, I would like to see him not turn the ball over in certain circumstances, but that's just part of it. Um, I like him and Jared Allen's high-low game. You know, is it, for I guess, you know, we all know that they need to go. Uh, they need Evan Mobley to take another step in the elite for them to get to the, where they want to go as a contender. However, are they more conscious of understanding, hey, we could play differently than, you know, some of the other teams out there because we do have this guy and we need to work through him? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of teams, I mean, like last night, you play Atlanta, right? They got two guards that, you know, could easily both be all-stars. Not, I mean, they were last year, they weren't this year, but they could easily be all-stars. Um, what teams don't have is a guy like Evan Mobley, who, like you said, he's, he's a good passer. I'd like to see them, like you said, it, I don't turnover-wise, he, he could be a little bit better, but he, he is a talented passer, and he's smart. He plays really well. He's always looking for guys, um, not just you know when he's looking to post up and score for himself. Um, I like how he's been a little bit more aggressive lately. If you look at his last yep. 21 games, he's up to 19 points a game, nine rebounds, about two and a half assists, one and a half blocks. We're finally starting to see those numbers creep up, and we didn't see that at the beginning of the year, and that that's to be understandable because Donovan was just you know integrating himself into the team as well. But now we're seeing Evan kind of step up and be that third guy, whereas in the early in the season was more like a Karis LeVert. Um, and I think his minutes are only going to be higher now because Kevin Love's out, because this team doesn't have uh, a true traditional backup center that they can go to. Robin Lopez is, is out of the rotation most nights. Um, so you're going to see Evan play probably even more um, over the last 19 games with, with no love now. Um, I, I've said this from day one. Evan Mobley if everything goes right, is going to be the best player on this team by the time they're, they're ready to win a championship. And I, I truly believe that. He's the guy that during media day they were calling a future superstar. They've never said that about anybody else in, in the course of their rebuild. Um, so it, you can still play through Donovan. You can still play through Darius. But at the end of the day, this team is only going to go as far as a guy like Evan's growth is going to take you. Nobody in the NBA has a young big man that can do the things that Evan can do offensively and defensively. And he is still so young and so raw that even if you don't win a championship this year and next, the next goal after that is to get the most out of Evan Mobley because we, Donovan is, it's, it's, Donovan's an all-star. He is, and he's still got steps he can take, but he's close to reaching his peak. Evan is the guy that is going to just raise the the level of everybody in this team. And if he's not getting touches in the fourth quarter, if he's not taking threes, that's the primary issue I have because you need to maximize Evan Mobley. Um, besides winning, that's the most important thing you can do with this season. Greg, I want to thank you so much for popping on with me. Uh, we'll definitely be in touch with you as the Cavs continue to roll on towards the playoffs. Uh, great work as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report on North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.